Hello and welcome back to Let's Face Reality with Bravo. I'm here today joined by not Susan because it's funny because this is like the third episode I've said Susan can't join again. Well, to be honest, Susan has had a very rough week and I was on FaceTime with her for a little while and she's not really in the best headspace, so I just thought it would be best for her to take it easy this week. I didn't want to bother her with it. I need her to take a mental break because she's kind of going through it right now. Uh, she might talk about it a little bit on the pod next week, so stay tuned for that. Just, you know, hope she's okay. She's, she's not too happy right now. She's kind of going through it. She's... um. Uh, how do I put it? So that's just a little depressed this week. Okay, let's put it that way. She's a little sad girl, and we're going to let her have her moment. So let's get into this Miami recap together. It's season six, episode 12, Sink or Swim. So it starts out with some quick snippets of Larsa doing a couple TikToks with her daughter. And then we see Lisa filling up the gas in the rain, which I'm actually surprised Lisa fills up her own gas. But we go into Julia prepping for her photo shoot, and she says that she hasn't modeled in 24 years. So I'm actually really surprised they put her in this, especially considering how strict the modeling industry is. And I personally would have never thought they would even put someone of Julia's age, not being ageist, but you know, I'm I'm just stating the obvious of I would have never thought Julia would be put in this. So I'm really glad that Miami's switching things up. They're allowing different ages and sizes to be in these runways so she says that basically she's put her life on hold since martina's been diagnosed with cancer so even though she wanted to adopt a child last year and she wanted to do all these new things she couldn't do any of that up until she knew martina was going to be okay so uh her first show was nothing similar like she's never really done swimwear when it came to julia julia was more with the clothing attire so she tries on a bunch of like showy swimsuits in the beginning and then she gets a little more modest or she puts more cover-ups I guess because they're trying to make her body look as uh uh what is it called when you wear oh my god I feel like my mind is blanking because I was just on the phone for like an hour with my sister and I'm spacing out right now what is it called like Clothes that better suit your body. That's what they're having Julia wear. So it's like she's wearing swimsuits with some cover-ups. And Julia says that this is a big deal for her and she's really excited. She's going to be able to make money and feed the goats. So it's a win-win for her. So then we go into Kiki prepping for her Miami runway shoot or the runway walk. And she just thanks them for booking her. And guys, Kiki... She is the most naturally beautiful housewife I've ever seen. She's the cutest baby face. Her features are phenomenal. Her one runway walk is, I'm so surprised she hasn't been on the Victoria's Secret fashion show walks or like Vogue or any of those known ones that we've seen on the cover of magazines. But what I love about this is that we actually get more of Kiki's background here because she's been walking in swim week since she was actually 15 years old wow that's like working before the legal age of working before even 16 and she says that it was actually her debut in the fashion industry coming from Haiti so growing up in Haiti she was always told she was very slim from her family members and that she could be a model so she started contacting local photographers in America and when she came here she got her photos taken and she started you know sending them around to uh different I guess modeling industries 
to try to get in. And she says that in Haitian culture, they assume that once you're in the model industry, taking those risque photos, her family combined that assumption with her automatically working in the porn industry. But that wasn't the case for for Kiki Base, obviously, because... that's just not what she's doing. We all know, you know, Kiki's not on OnlyFans out here. She hasn't been caught on any porn videos. She's just doing modeling. And her father and stepmother had actually kicked her out at 15, which I'm not too surprised by this because I know in Middle Eastern culture, it's kind of in the same sense where, you know, our father, he led us to believe that growing up being raised Muslims and having your parents instill certain values in us. If we went against those values, our relationship with our parents wouldn't be that great or maybe we wouldn't even have one. And that's just the culture that we're surrounded by. So I really understand Kiki in that sense, you know, kind of follow the way that your parents raised you or you go and you do your own path. And when, when you're on your own path, it is a very lonely one. But she did have a hard time growing up with no support and she just had to find ways to survive. So she really struggled and she stayed at her friends places. She was like couch hopping and she worked at Burger King, which makes a lot of sense considering last season and the season before she would have a Whopper on hand if she was worried they weren't going to be fed or if they were on a trip for too long. And she just felt like her parents had neglected her and they kicked her out for something that she really wanted to do. I just wish we got more background on Kiki. They can't just give us one snippet of her life every season. It's not even every season because this is the first season they give us something about Kiki. And I just wish we got more of her. But now we go into Gertie and her husband on their cute little lunch date. And she makes her husband pull out the chair for her, which is adorable. But Russell brings up that Gertie's actually been depressed staying in bed lately watching The Sopranos for a week. And she fights him back on that, saying that if she wants to be depressed, she can because she's nothing to be happy about right now. And she says in her confessional that I just cannot believe I have to go under the knife again. This didn't clear the margins and they have to cut out more cancerous cells that they didn't even clear out the first time. So she can't believe the nightmare is continuing for her. And she goes in to tell Russell that her recovery was great, seeing her friends and working. But now she feels like she's back in bed waiting to die. Like she got her energy back after that first procedure. And I completely understand that feeling. She must have felt like, oh, that's it. I can go back to my normal life again. And it makes you kind of want to do more than what you did before. So now knowing she's going to go back under the knife kind of took away all that excitement that she had after her first surgery was over. Uh, But we see Russell actually being pretty positive and he's telling Gertie that basically they told her that she might have to go in for a third time and Gertie's saying that if she needs to go in for a third procedure she's not doing it anymore and she's just going to let herself die at that point because she doesn't have the mental capacity to go through any more procedures. But Russell lets her know that it's already shown that it's already inverted into something very invasive so she has to do the surgery at this point but we see Gertie saying that it's now it's just turning into a second surgery and even a mastectomy which I was really surprised by I didn't think it would turn into that but a lot of things were not really spoken of before when she was starting the cancerous journey so it's really upsetting her with all these new things that she's coming up to realize she has to get done so we see Lisa She's checking out a new house with Jody, and it's this Mediterranean-styled house with a 1,000-square-foot lot, and then the house itself is 5,784 square foot. Uh, she's kind of preparing for it for when she's out of the house, or basically when the because the court date's coming up, and Lenny's about to kick her out of that house, so that means it's time for her to get serious about her house hunting. 
I wasn't really a fan of how this house looked, but I could tell by the way that Lisa decorates that she's really going to be able to change the ambiance of that. And Lisa explains that she's trying to be more proactive just in case, which is kind of surprising uh, on Lisa's end. I wouldn't think she'd be the type who would be. But she just doesn't seem too pleased with this house at all. And she's kind of trying to lie to us that she does, which is annoying. But I think it's I think it is a cute house, but just not. I didn't like the color of the walls and the kitchen and the tiles and stuff. But she just had to point out that her kids' bedrooms is a master size. I mean, that wasn't really that important for you to have to point in. They don't need to live in a bedroom that's that big. Kids don't really understand that. And she goes and says in her confessional, lying through her teeth, this house is smaller than what I currently live in, but I love the size of this house. This is a wonderful, perfect size for me to raise a family in. At the end of the day, all I need is my kids. Um, I don't buy it. Lisa needs to live a certain lifestyle to be happy first. Then her kids come second in my, and this is how my brain works. That's how I see her in order for her to be content or if her being content even exists. I just, I don't know. I was in such defense mode for Lisa in the beginning of this season and I'm starting to turn on her. But we also then see that the asking price for this house is $5,387,000. She does not have the money for this. Why is Lisa intentionally going around to see houses that she knows she's not going to be able to end up living at? Or is it because she knows or she's expecting Jody to pay half of it for her? Is that is that what it's turning into? But we see Lisa telling the real estate agent that they had a huge deal on the table with a great house included and a lot of things. But there was another fight with Lenny. And basically, Lenny's over here dangling the carrot in front of Lisa, like, here's the money, here's the money. And then when he's about to give it to Lisa, he just takes it and rips it out of her hands. I mean, basically, she's saying that she needs the support from Lenny because she's not going to be able to survive without the money. She doesn't have a degree. She doesn't have a job to lean back on. She just has Jody to lean back on at this point. But it's Miami Swim Fashion Week, and it's the first half of it where it's Julia that's going to be walking the runway. And Julia says that it's the same as when she last left it. The only difference are the girls and the new generation. And she ends up calling her wife and her daughter to show them everything that's going on while they're in Paris, actually. So we see Nicole, Gertie, and Adriana. They show up, and Nicole tells Adriana that she doesn't know if she even wants to say hi to her at this point because Adriana's the reason that, ugh. Alexia and Marisol aren't too fond of her. But we see Nicole telling the ladies, it was brought to my attention that Anna was brought to the lunch for some ulterior motives, motives that I had no idea about. I don't want to get into something that's not my fault. So Adriana automatically goes in and apologizes, and she says that she wishes she was more transparent. But Kiki's actually shocked because Kiki goes, oh, so Nicole really had no idea? And Adriana confirms that Nicole did not. So... But I mean, I would say props to Adriana, but she had to be honest anyway. So she shouldn't have lied in the first place. But we then see Alexia and Marisol. They're finally walking in. And Kiki tells Adriana to clear everything up because this is not fair. So Nicole's, this, this really bothered me when Alexia and Marisol were walking in. Nicole just runs up to them and gives them a big old hug. And she's telling them that they're going to clear things up so there's no reason for her to not say hi to them because they'll find out soon. And she kind of looked a little stupid doing that. Like, don't give them that. Don't be nice to them. Don't show them you want to be their friend so bad for some reason. Did you not, like, get that impression as well? Because I got that impression, guys. And 
Oh, just like Nicole, you were above them. You're showing Alexia like, hey, I still I need this friendship or you're showing her that you you're relying on the friendship with her or you look up to her or something or you're looking for her approval. And we don't want to give Alexia and Marisol that satisfaction. But now the first runway walk starts or the first line of clothing, whatever it is. And Julia goes on stage and she's wearing two different pieces and she looks great amazing they're cheering for her taking videos of her and julia's just really proud of herself so once it ends they all go to take a break before kiki's show starts so they find this balcony area and marisol goes okay cut the bullshit because we're all pussyfooting around here and so adriana starts she admits to everyone that nicole didn't know about anna coming to say things about alexia and marisol and they all complain about being in the sun so then it kind of gets a little messy and confusing around here they start moving around they all move to a different place to sit and the waiters coming taking their orders and then alexia alexia chimes in and she tells nicole nicole your friendship your loyalty is with us even though we've had like our history with marisol and we were upset we left and you brought somebody that caused a lot of damage a lot of damage and adriana's rolling her eyes as alexia saying this and then we get Marisol telling Nicole that it looks like she was in cahoots with Anna this entire time. But Nicole says in her confessional that she doesn't need Anna to tell her anything, that she doesn't already know about Marisol. It's very clear Marisol's intentions when you first talk to this lady, okay? I mean, it did come out that she put her ex's, she got a voodoo doll of her ex and put it in the freezer and would stick pins in it. I don't know what else that's supposed to tell us. But Marisol tells Nicole that she should have uninvited Anna and told her that it isn't a good idea for her to come out of respect for Alexia and Marisol. And we see Gertie just side-eyeing them the entire time like, what the F, guys? Just leave Nicole alone. And she's just not agreeing with any of this, clearly. But Alexia and Marisol tell Nicole that they would have come back to the party if Nicole would have personally called them herself and asked them to come back, but she didn't. So Nicole tells them that they're turning it into something it's not. And Alexia says, no matter how you look at it, Everybody's going to know it was a setup. Yep, it was a setup. And Alexia brings up that they all have history with Anna and they all know that she's problematic. And then guess who finally decides to show up hours later and obviously missing Julia's runway walk? It was Lisa and Larsa. And so Nicole continues to tell the ladies that she had no idea what was going on. And I truly believe it. Nicole doesn't know. And this is when we get Larsa barging in into the conversation. And she just goes, Adriana, what was like Anna coming to say anyways? So Adriana acts like Anna was coming in because everyone was attacking Lisa, you know, acting like the savior for Lisa. And I was just bringing her to defend her. So Anna came to bring up Alexia's finances because Alexia has been very judgmental and you were very rude to Lisa. That's what Adriana says. But Lisa goes in to say how she feels pretty good that Adriana's sticking up for her. So she's not going to stop this. And Nicole tells everyone that she's leaving very early because she has some prior engagements that she had promised to attend. So she wants to make sure she's good with Alexia and Marisol before leaving. And Alexia tells Nicole that she believes her. But she also wants Nicole to acknowledge the way her thought process is. Fair enough, I guess. But I mean, Alexia's thought process is always in the wrong so I mean I don't feel like Nicole has to accept it but you know what Nicole knew what to do she was like you know what I'm gonna give you what you want yes I understand where you're coming from I hope you understand where I'm coming from and they move on she gives them a hug Nicole's out of there so now Adriana has this new confessional look might I say um that dress her boob job wow 
just wow. Those were the center of the screen popping up. But anyways, Adriana goes, deep down, Alexia is very competitive and she wants to be Queen Bee. And Nicole is a doctor in a great dresser impeccable taste with beautiful homes that are not rented by the way nicole is the real barbie not alexia that bothers alexia to the bone <laughs> adriana and her comments but we get into the second half of the miami swim fashion week and kiki walks the runway and she looks flawless as we've already expected her to look and the bodies of these women made me not want to eat for a week okay let's be honest they look fantastic and Alexia says that Kiki was born to be a model. And Gertie points out that Kiki's the Haitian sensation. So Kiki comes out after her runway and they have a sprinter van ready for them because Kiki had planned this after party that she had set up for everyone. So the streets, they're clearly extremely packed. Everyone's leaving the Miami swim week at the same time. And it seems like it's taking forever just for the sprinter van to even leave the parking area. So this is when the ladies end up getting tired of waiting and they start leaving one by one. And this is so rude. I mean, okay, I would have wanted to leave by the end of the night, but I wouldn't. I would have at least made it to the after party, stayed there for one hour and then dipped out. You know, I would have done my service of being a good friend, shown up and supported. But they couldn't even do that for Kiki. When Kiki shows up to every single stupid event that they have, I would be fuming. It starts with what Marisol leaves first. Then Lisa complains that she's starving. And then Lars and Alexia get an Uber. I don't know. They're just not supportive friends to Kiki at all. I didn't like this. And this was foreshadowed from last episode when Kiki kept saying she hopes her friends will be there the same way that she is there for them. So obviously now we go on. It's the next day. And Julia or Alexia comes over to Julia's farmhouse. Uh, I just don't know why Alexia had to come in and commit to those overalls, but whoever did Alexia's boobs was great. He did a great job, okay? Alexia looked fantastic. Her body is amazing. But Julia says that Alexia will face the true smell test being around her dogs in goats, but Alexia's not into the farm life. It's very clear. I mean, she won't even touch Julia's goats when Julia holds them up to her. I mean, she came in and overalls but with a bunch of jewelry on so it's not really her her scene but anyway so Alexia tells Julia that she loves seeing her out in her comfort zone and learning from her and she's just so proud of her seeing her out of her element and Julia does admit that Martina's cancer shook her so it showed her how fragile life can be and she never wants to miss out on something that she feels like she's interested in or passionate about so Alexia is now planning this girl's trip to Mexico City, and it'll actually be Pride Week as well. And she points out that it'll be Pride. And you know, and I, you know, you and I both love Pride Month. <laughs> I was like, okay, Alexia, sure you do. But Alexia wants to do Li Basilica de Guadalupe in Mexico because she's the patron of saint in Mexico. And this was really cute. Alexia says that she really helped her through Frankie's accident. And Alexia says that she prayed for her to get Frankie out of the ventilator and to talk again and to even walk as well. So it helped her get through this very hard part in her life. And so she wants us to help Gertie as well for her cancer and hoping that this will help relieve can Gertie from her stress and make her cancer go away. So we see Larsa working on her podcast with Marcus and Alexia's out here FaceTiming her to tell her about the Mexico trip. And then this is when Larsa kind of brings up her tequila ceramic bottle manufacturer in Mexico, to which Alexia points out that everyone who owns a tequila company has their manufacturer in Mexico. 
So then Larsa and Marcus go into their podcast and they go into their age gap, which is 16 years apart. And Larsa says that the most hurtful comments that people call her is that she's Marcus's auntie. And Marcus believes that if the age gap was reversed, no one would comment as much, which they do have a point in that. But I think what they're not realizing is that everybody's making the comment because Larsa was married to Scottie Pippen, who was rivals with Michael B. Jordan, who she's now about to get engaged to Michael B. Jordan's son. So um, I think it's less about the age gap, Larsa, okay? <laughs> but we see Gertie. She's sitting and playing cards with her son and Russell. And Alexia FaceTimes her as well to check in on her. And this is when we find out that Gertie got another test result, which shows that the likelihood of it, of her cancer reoccurring, is a 29 out of 100. And the score where you're 25 and below is ideal, but Gertie's above that score. So obviously it means that Gertie's going to be put into the chemo zone. So this is just really heartbreaking news and it's getting worse for her. So Alexia brings up the Mexico trip for the girls in hopes that Gertie will be able to make it. So we're at the very end where Adriana's practicing for her new music. And she comes in with this very scandalous outfit. But I mean, who doesn't from the Miami cast? So it's nothing new. And she starts singing and they keep making her retake the shots because she's not, she's like moving her head too much. She's not sticking to the microphone. Her voice isn't being as strong. So basically when she's done, or her song basically was originally made for Camila Cabello. And she says that she's been writing music for 13 years now. And the music producer who wrote the song for her actually worked with Shakira as well. How did Adriana get this hookup? She did a great job with that. But we do end up seeing that the song Adriana will be performing is going to be at Mexico City, which that just proves that their cast trip is to Mexico because that's where Adriana's performance is going to be at, which which surprises me that it's actually considered Alexia's trip at this point. But I mean, that's what it's going to be. But yeah, that's what we got for this episode. It was a pretty mm, okay episode, but I'm so excited because next week is the cast trip for Miami and Beverly Hills. So there's going to be a lot more to it. Hopefully Suzanne will be able to recoup from this weekend and come back next week fresh and tell you guys all about it. Uh, and maybe she'll be able to explain to you guys why she just feels a little rough this week. But you know, I hope everything will be better. Sometimes you have some bad days and she just had a bad week. But don't forget to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Uh, I'm so excited. Our cameras are almost coming in. So we're going to be on YouTube soon. Our plan is to have our first video podcast episode out when the first Vanderpump Rules season or this new season comes out. So I'm really excited. Hope to see you guys then. And we are signing off.